everybody, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here today with Erin Carey of Sparking Wholeness and Lee Richardson of the Brain Performance Center, and we're going to talk today about resilience, and resilience and how do we support our body and how do we support our brain. We're coming out of COVID, but there's rumors of everything happening all over the world. We've got war, we've got strife, we've got changes of coming back to work and, and restructuring our school system masks are coming on and off you take your pick your state and we can figure that out but all of this causes difficulty it causes travel or trauma and it causes problems with our brain and our body which is why i've brought on aaron carey to talk about brain or to talk about body support and lee richardson to talk about brain support because without our brains and our bodies we got nothing nothing left so i want to go to lee first because lee richardson of the brain performance she's giggling away because i'm like without a brain without a body what else you got you got nothing but i believe that it's where do we start chicken or the egg do we start body first brain first or brain first body because i believe where the brain goes the body will follow and, you know, we could go either way. I, I've always said that I honestly believe that everything you do, you don't do, how well you do it depends on what's going on in your brain. But at the same time, I'm beginning to believe your gut is your second brain. So there's that brain body connection. And I think that how we get the, it takes both because the brain controls the autonomic nervous system. The autonomic nervous system controls the body. So you're right, which came first with the chicken or the egg. And I think, you know, that's a, a question that we're all asking ourselves these days because we, we go through and we thought that we were coming out on the other side of COVID and that, you know, there's starting to be concerts and baseball's back and there's, there's good stuff going on, but at the same time, we're like, yeah, we're coming out, but, but, but I went to the grocery store. Oh my gosh, the, the inflation, the prices are so much higher. Oh my gosh, I went to the gas station and I filled my car up with gas. And, and then I turned the news on and I see on a global level what's going on. And at least it's all saying, I, which came first. I mean, and, you know, I think we need to look at our own resilience because some of us respond to those everyday problems. It's those little bitty hassles that just push our hot button and kick us off. And some of us, we don't react to that. It's more of the what's going on on a global level, what's going on, you know, more within the world. But whether it's big or small, it beats down our resilience. Absolutely, it does. And resilience is really defined about our ability to overcome changes, to overcome obstacles, to rebound with, you know, whatever life handles us, and also with dealing with uncertainty. And I think if we can't deal with uncertainty, that's one of the biggest things that causes us to go haywire. And when we are uncertain, our bodies, at least mine does, starts to release all these chemicals. I get really stressed out. And this is where I go over to Erin Carey, because it's funny when I think of the question of which came first, the, you know, the brain or the body, which one do we start with? Well, the brain is part of a body. So why would we think it's something separate? But we do think of the brain and the body as separate entities. 
We do. And it's really unfortunate. The body follows the mind, you know, <laughs> like that's leading, you know, back to what Lee said, the body follows the mind. And so um, when we are in a state of stress, it impacts everything. It causes our blood pressure to rise. It sends out cortisol. It increases our blood sugar in to a way that we don't want it to be, <laughs> you know, we don't want all that, that imbalance happening. It even shuts down digestion. I have a saying body and stress won't digest. And that is so, so huge right now because we are seeing, you know, we're seeing for sure. We already had an epidemic of mental illness, mental health issues pre 2020. Uh, but now we're also seeing a lot of autoimmune issues get, getting worse. Stress is heightening what we already had under the surface. And I see that with my clients. I see people having flares of issues that were dormant for a long time and now are increasing. And it's the stress levels that are causing that to happen. And so it is interesting how that body and brain is so interconnected and we have to be able to find a place of rest and digest if we want to heal, because we cannot heal in a stress state. We can't, our bodies can't find healing. Our bodies can't find, our bodies are always searching for homeostasis, but when we are in a stressed out state, it is physiologically impossible for our bodies to start any kind of healing at all. And I like to say that all of these unpleasant symptoms that we experience with our bodies, it's really our body on our side, trying to protect us. You know, I see people that are like, oh, my body is broken. I'm struggling with this issue, that issue, but all of those issues, it's just your body going, Hey, I'm over here. You're neglecting me. You're forgetting about me. You're pushing forward when I am trying to tell you that things are not right. And when we can tune in and listen to our bodies, when we can find some space for rest and digest, we can find healing. The question is, how do we do that? Well, that's the funny thing that you say, Aaron, you know, you talk about rest and, you know, before I got sick with cancer and before I, you know, I actually took care of my body. I'll be honest. You know, my dad is a military commander and he's very funny and he doesn't say a lot, but what he says is like really pointed. And I said, after I finished all my treatments, I'm like, Oh dad, I'm so tired. And I'm so tired. And you know what he says? Then you should sleep. And I'm like, as silly as that sounds, I'm like, that was completely off my radar. I was like, maybe I need to go work out and get more energy. Maybe I need to go, you know, drink some caffeine or eat some sugar or maybe, and I have everything under the sun except, well, maybe you should sleep. And that started my napping um, in the afternoon as part of my recovery. And so I would get up, I could work three or four hours. And you guys know this because we work together about a lot of projects together. And then I'd go to sleep for two hours and then I'd get up and work again when I was refreshed. And I'm like, how come it never occurred to me to take a nap? Now I get it. Most people can't stop their midday and take a nap, but when we're asleep, aren't we supposed to to, or when we're tired, aren't we supposed to sleep, Lee? Like, I want to go to you for this crazy thinking. Never occurred to me to, to why don't you sleep? And, you know, I think what we think of as sleep is it's something extra. You know, I don't need to sleep. I don't need that. And that is the most damaging thing that we can do to our brain and our body. Because all day long, those neurons and dendrites, they're wiring and firing. And they're creating all this toxic waste. Mm. And you have these little glial cells that when you go to sleep, they come out. And they're like the little scrubbing bubbles. You know, they float and they clean all that up. And if you're not getting that sleep, when is that 
when is that cleaning up happening? Is it happening? And more and more research is linking insomnia to Alzheimer's for that very reason. But I think particularly in the culture we live in, Sandra, we, we push ourselves, you know, we've got to do it, push, you know, suck it up, buttercup, power <laughs> through. And the last thing that we think of is just what's the most basic thing for us. And sleep is. And I can't tell you how many clients, particularly during the pandemic, when they didn't have to show up at an office at a certain time, their sleep schedules completely were destroyed. Now, some of them are sleeping too much and some of them aren't sleeping enough. And sleep has kind of become a coping skill for them. I can't deal with that. I'll go to sleep. It'd be easier just to go to sleep. So I think you make a good point is, you know, why don't we just stop and think about how important the most basic things in our life are? Right. You know, and I found this with caring for my elderly dad. You know, <laughs> the other day we got up and I said, oh, dad, how are you this morning? He goes, oh, good. He's like, I'm ready for tonight. And I said, what's tonight? And he's like, New Year's Eve. And I'm thinking, OK, it's March 15th by my watch. And I said, you know, dad here, like, and I'm thinking to my head going, okay, what, what, what do I do? What do I do? And then I thought about it. I looked at his two water bottles or these water jugs sitting by his chair. And I'm like, Hey, you know, let's get some orange juice. And I dump like a whole bunch of water in and then like a little splash of orange juice. Cause he is a diabetic, but I handed it to him. And I'm telling you the difference in this dehydrated person versus the hydrated person. Now he still has dementia. He's still going to have these things, but that fogginess that sleepiness that that kind of i don't know what year it is what day it is 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 exacerbated by hydration and who wants to jump in talk about solid fundamental football returning to basics with resiliency if we're not hydrated how are we supposed to handle stress and be resilient who wants to go well i just have to say one thing the brain is a three pound organ and it's 60% water. So if you're not staying hydrated, how do you think that brain's going to work? Oh. It's not going to work. And the biggest myth that people have is, well, I drink a ton of coffee. And coffee is made with water. Coffee is dehydrating. It's a double, you know, it's a double whammy. And Erin, I know I've heard you talk about this too. Yeah, I mean, when we're super stressed, when our adrenals are overworked and done, I like to think of our adrenals, a lot of us just being tanked, done, can't handle any more stress. They're supposed to support us with stress, but when we're overly stressed, it doesn't happen. We are losing electrolyte balance in our body. And so we are not receiving the hydration we need. So we might be drinking a lot, but we're peeing it all out. Sorry to be, you know, just basic human functions here, but it's true. And so like, even, I mean, I know so many women in particular, our bodies are real, are, are more sensitive to stress. I don't know why that is, but we see an increase in, in different, um, illnesses in women that men don't necessarily suffer from. And some of that has to do with cortisol imbalances, right? And so women who have cortisol imbalances, a lot of times can benefit from an electrolyte drink from more water, more hydration, but it's a lot of times we're missing the minerals, the um, sodium potassium balance that we're not getting. And that's, that's a key factor in stress because at, when we are stressed, we are using up everything that we have 
on hand in our bodies. And we don't have a pantry of nutrients in our left butt cheek to pull from. We just don't, you know, I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but we think that we just have all of this on hand to deal with the excess, but we don't, we only have what we can deal with in the moment. And we are running through those stores. And so that's why hydration is important. Nutrient density is important with what we are getting our vitamins through our food, vitamins and minerals, you know, I mean, just basic, just back to the basics with nutrition, right? Because a lot of times when we are stressed, what do we go to? We go to fast food. Well, what does fast food do? It depletes us of nutrients. And so we're continuing to try to fuel, but we're losing, but we're fueling and losing. And we, our bodies just can't seem to, to create balance. And it's, and it's a struggle for sure, but hydration, absolutely. That is so fundamental and so key. Well, we can't create balance. Like if, honestly, if I said to each of you, you guys are two of the smartest ladies I know, you need to charge your phone. You would not argue with me one bit that that phone has to go in the charger. Hey, Lee, your phone's on one bar. Hey, Aaron, you're getting the red warning. Hey, Sandra, put your battery on conserve. We know how to do all this stuff. We know how to work our phones. And when we take our phone and we run you know, a, a, a Spotify song in and we're using the camera and we're using the flash and we're doing all this stuff. What do we do? We drain the battery, right? So what do we do? We just grab an extra battery pack and keep going. But with our bodies, you can't grab an extra battery pack. You've got to hydrate. You've got to sleep. Like we are not, and as I am famous for saying for 25 years, we are not an inexhaustible resource. We need hydration, we need nutrition, and we need rest. With those three things, we're hitting like 80% of what we need, at least on a biological level. What do you guys think? Well, and I think you're right, because if you hit those three things, talking about resilience, when, when do I feel like, oh, I don't know which way I want to go. I don't know. I know how I'm feeling and, and I don't, the, my feelings are kind of messing up my compass. I thought I was going to go over here, but I'm feeling like this. So I can't see where to go, you know? And when I'm, when I'm not well taken care of, I lose sight of my core values. Sure. They, be, they become very vague and I'll do something. I'll be like, why did I do that? You know, looking back. That doesn't align with any of my core values. Why did I do that? Well, I did it because I was reacting to something that if I had been well-grounded and I would have seen it, I thought, huh, you know, that's that's not in my wheelhouse. I don't have to grab that. So, I mean, I think that the way that we react and on a mental level, and Erin, you can speak to how the body reacts. If we don't have ourselves in the right spot, then, I mean, I think we all have inflammation in our brain and in our body. And when we get out of balance, that inflammation just takes over. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, our bodies, again, are working so hard to protect us, right? And our bodies are trying hard to counter that inflammatory balance that we're receiving from our food, from external environmental toxins, from our stress. I think stress 
is the number one, most underrated inflammatory compound that we have. And that's emotional stress. You know, that's this, um, it can be a work environment. That's just draining for us. It can be, you know, relationships that are draining anything that drains you is going to be stressful on your physical body. And there's so much documentation out there about what stress does to the physical body. Like, you know, like I mentioned in the beginning, when, when we're talking about blood pressure, all of that, and even the way we digest food, but inflammation is such a buzzword these days, right? Like we hear about, we even hear about the cytokine storm, inflammatory cytokines, all of that, but all it is, is our body trying to protect us. If you get a cut on your finger, your body's going to become inflamed to try to heal you. So it sounds to me that when we're talking about inflammation on a chronic level, it's all of our bodies are trying to heal, trying to heal, (laughs) trying to heal, but it just keeps going for so long that it becomes more of a hindrance rather than a help. And so we, we keep finding ourselves in these same patterns. And so we have to do things to decrease that inflammatory load. And a lot of that is dealing with the basics of managing our emotional stressors. Now, physical stressors, food sensitivities, toxins, um, you know, excess supplements. I see that a lot people taking too many supplements that can be inflammatory. Too much of a good thing is too much. Right. Um, or, you know, medication, various things for everybody's going to respond differently to different things. And what's inflammatory for me might not be inflammatory for you, but we all have our limit period. Like everybody has a limit that varies and we have to tap into that self-awareness piece to figure out what our limit is. A lot of it is just, what's my limit? Well, you know what I think is it's balance. Where is my balance? That is what we all are looking for in in our everyday life, in our short-term goals and our long-term goals. You know, where is my balance? Because we lose sight of it. We, the last two years have, in, in my world, my clients are much more reactive. They're, they're much more impulsive. They're drinking more. They're engaging in risky behavior. They're acting outside of what their norm is. And it's because it's, just, and when I say this, they look at me like, oh, it, it's because you're out of balance, right? That's, you know, it's like the brain is either regulated or dysregulated. You're either in balance or out of balance. And that that imbalance, we've talked about the brain and the body, but let's talk a little bit about the spirit and the soul. Well, that's one of the things where like, you know, I teach yoga at uh, twice a week and there's a pose called happy baby and you lay on your back and you hold your feet and you walk around like a happy baby. And when I walked into yoga the other night, and this goes to Lee, what you're saying, I looked in the mirror at the gym and I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm tomato red. I'm sweaty. I'm huffing and puffing. Now it's Southern California. It's 72 out. Like there is no, and I looked at myself and I thought, what is going on with you? You look insane. And you're going to teach happy baby. Like that was what came in my head. And I'm like, okay. And you know, this is you welcome to the conversations in my head. I'm standing in the mirror looking at myself going, okay, what would it take to make me a happy baby? Just like we do with our babies. Do I need something to drink? Yeah, I need some hydration. Do I need something to eat? Yes, I need something to eat. Do I need some rest? Yes, I probably need some rest. Do I need a hug? Yeah, I could use a hug right now. And then the most important thing that came, what made me think about what do I need to be a happy baby? I need some peace. I need some spiritual 
meditation. I need to come down from whatever crazy inflamed high. I looked like a roasted tomato going in there. You know, everything was up. And I realized like, yes, we can have nutrition. We can have hydration. We can have fitness. We can have all these things. But what was also missing with me was peace, inner peace. And that's what we talk about with spirituality. So when you guys are stressed or upset or whatever, or just look at yourself in the mirror and go, am I a happy baby today? How do I become a happy baby? What do we do with a baby? We feed it, we change it. Is it cold? Is it hot? All those little checkpoints is what we need to be doing looking in the mirror. Well, you know what we do with a baby, Sandra? We pay attention. Mm. We watch that baby. We look at yep. that baby and we have even, you know, been known to put my finger, is the baby still breathing yeah. <laughs> under their nose? So, but what do we not do with ourselves? Sure. We do not pay attention to ourselves. And I think some of us have been raised that, well, you know, don't get so, it's not all about you. What yep. do you mean you're in there 20, 30 minutes, you know, working on how you look? What's wrong with that? I mean, my mom was a senior English teacher and she would much rather me spend 20 or 30 minutes, you know, looking at some vocab words, right. uh, because, but we have not all been raised or think it's okay to take care of myself. Right. I mean, you know, I went through a really stressful time on Sunday sure. and just instead of saying, you know what, Lee, it really is okay. I went down that train of thought of why it's not okay. And the minute someone came in and put, normalized it, I was like, oh, if I'd have been paying attention to that fact, if I would have been paying attention to that, if I had been paying attention to that, I wouldn't have gone down that deep, dark rabbit hole. So I think if we just all can pay attention, check in with ourselves on a daily basis, you know, how are you doing today, Lee? What do you need? You know, just what you're saying, Sandra, do you need a hug? Do you need some sunshine? Do you need some fresh air? But just the, the simplest things can lead us to that peaceful place where we all want to go. Right. And don't be afraid if you look at the mirror and go, what do you need? And you're stumped because you haven't asked yourself that in 20 years. Yeah. And never underemphasize the importance of gratitude being anti-inflammatory. You know, that's another thing. If we're talking about finding that peace and spirituality, we oftentimes, I mean, I can spend so much time thinking of what I want to fix about myself or about a situation and not enough time just in the present and going, okay, what's amazing about this? What am I grateful for? And, and that's something I know, especially as we're struggling with if anybody who is listening and struggling with a flare in their autoimmune condition or with a flare of anxiety or with a flare of whatever their health condition is, our first thing we usually go to is, oh, this body is against me again. But instead of going, wow, I am so thankful for the way my body is protecting me today. I mean, it, it sounds, it, it almost sounds silly to say it out loud, but that's been a game changer for me. It's like, gosh, this body has fought for me for this long we're going to make it through. And just having those reminders, those mantras, whatever you want to say, you know, what that's going to bring you that decrease of inflammation of the negative and increasing the positive, you know, I, gratitude is always going to be, it, it, it trumps everything, you know, but we, I know what you say, Lee, that we spend so much more time 
thinking about the negative than the positive, right? We do. You, I mean, you've heard me say that probably too many times that every day we have three times more positive events that happen in our life. But what is the brain looking for? I mean, it's the same brain that we had back in the eat or be eaten days. You know, it's looking for that one bad thing. Two thirds of the cells in the right hemisphere of the brain are scanning. They're scanning for danger. And again, you know, Erin, you talked about how the body is protecting you. The brain's protecting you too. But we have to stop and say, okay, you know, how, what, what is the goodness of today? And I love that you brought up gratitude. You know, what are the, every night I try to end my day with what are three, what are the three things I'm grateful for? And what are three good things? And what I had so much struggle with with my clients is they're looking for these big things. They're looking for, you know, I'm like, you're never going to, you're never going to find something big. Did somebody wave you on at the stop sign and say, you go first? Or in the grocery store, did somebody hold the door open for you? Or did you get a nice email from someone or a text checking in? Those are the things that you should, that we're looking to be grateful for. I mean, winning the lotto, you got to play to win for starters. But those big things, when those big, big things happen, many times it puts us in shock. And we, don't, we don't even know how to react to it. Sure, sure. And, you know, anytime you're hot, you know, you're angry, you're upset, you're frustrated, you're literally inflamed, you can see it. And then if you take just a second and name three things you're grateful for, it's like water on a flame. You know, even now, as we're listening, just take a moment, I'm going to count to 10. And I want you all to envision everybody listening today, envision three things that you're grateful for. So go ahead. Now, Lee, let me ask you before and after, and I'm going to go to you, Aaron. Did you start feeling like an internal cooling, like an internal air conditioning happen when I asked you to stop and be imagine three things you're grateful for? Well, the first thing that I did, Sandra, it's interesting because the first thing I did is I started just to take a, a slow, deep breath. And that's how I how just it's my natural response to ease in to you know, being in that grateful, open to receive state. And when you take that, that long, slow, deep breath, it does cool you down. Huh. So yeah, it, it, it did. Erin, how about you? What did you experience? I did the exact same thing. And I thought it was funny because I saw Lee do it. And I was like, yep, that's, <laughs> it was, it's a, yeah, it, it, it caused me to go, oh, okay. Okay. I'll take a little break. I mean, cause we don't do that. We don't give ourselves no. those breaks. That's so huge. No. And it's such a simple state change. You know, we don't need a drug. We don't need a drink. We don't need anything. We just need to hit the pause button. And, you know, like we go back to what do I need to be to be a happy baby? You know, Lee hit the nail on the head. We got to pay attention. So paying attention to what we need. And if I walk into a room and I see myself in a mirror and I'm looking particularly inflamed because it shows up on my face, bright red tomato, and I'm breathing and I'm sweating and I'm, I, you know, we're doing all this whole thing that we, we all recognize what we do when we're in states of high stress. Can we just stop for a minute? Everybody's got 10 seconds. 
to do a cool down. Everybody's got 10 seconds to just stop, watch your watch, watch the clock, or just estimate and see it, what happens to you, see what happens to your state. You know, Sandra, when I'm working with clients that are very reactive, I'll tell them, you know, they're so hung up on trying to figure out the right reaction. And my, my advice is don't focus on the reaction. Stop. Take three deep breaths. And by the time you do that, you take those three deep breaths. You're just, you're, you're not so worried about how you're, what you're going to react with. How are you going to say it? What's it going to sound like? You know, the old song, let it be. Mm -hmm. Sometimes if we can just let it be. Yeah. And I love that you give us tools because like when people said to me, oh, you need to learn how to forgive Sandra. You need to forgive your ex-husband. Oh, you know, you need to just let these things go. And I'm like, that all sounds good. But and you want to do it. And I want to do it. Right. But yeah. you show me how, because if we all knew how to forgive, the world would be a different place. If we all knew how to let things go, the world would be a better place. And I think, you know, the practical tips today of hydration, nutrition, what does it take to be a happy baby? Take a pause, hit the pause button, take three deep breaths and then continue on in your day because if you can't find 10 seconds in your day to take a breath then we got bigger problems that we can handle on this show and i'd like to add one other comment and i think you know be humble yeah and be kind we I, oftentimes we stop ourselves from getting the care that we need and asking for the help that we need because our ego is driving the car and if you can put that ego aside and just be humble and say, you know what, I could really use some help, then, then your benefit, everything you do benefits you. When you sit back and you say, oh, it's not that big a deal because, you know, you don't want to admit that you need the help, then you're creating more inflammation in the brain and the body. Erin, you got anything to add before we wrap it up for today? Yeah. Along with that, I would say to stop judging yourself so hard. <laughs> right? We do that too. What? We, you want me to <laughs> do stop judging myself? Right. We are so hard on ourselves. And so like along with that, it's, it's okay. It's okay to ask for help what you're saying, you know, and it's okay to take 10 seconds to breathe. It's okay to take more than that to breathe, put your legs up the wall, get the blood flowing in a different direction. You know, um, we are just so mean to ourselves sometimes. And we, we're so judgy about what we're not doing right. But, um, when we are flooding our brains with gratitude and oxygen through breathing and all, we can start to just be present, be in the moment and be more curious and observational instead of quick to judge ourselves. And maybe happy, maybe that's happy baby. Like, what do we need to do to be happy baby? So on behalf of Lee Richardson at the Brain Performance Center and Aaron Carey of Sparking Wholeness, I'm Sandra Beck, and I want to thank you for being with us today. And we'll be back again next week. 